Hello and welcome to another episode of Forrunners.app with Alice and Lizzie. Hello, hello. All right, we are going to start with a quick fire round. We have some cracking questions. These will not be quick fire though. I feel like these questions that I've got, which I'm about to shoot to you, Liz, will have a little bit of elaboration, but that's okay. All right, we've got a lot of feelings. Got a lot of feelings, thoughts, words. Do you want me to go first then? Sure. All right. Um, So first question, where is your favourite place to run in Australia, but it can't be Melbourne? Byron Bay. Specifically? Specifically, I love running up to the lighthouse and then down again. I do find it's not always that good for you if you're coming from Melbourne, which is completely flat, also quite soft around here, um, because it's hard and it's steep, but it's so great. Mm. There's something about it. I feel like, I don't know, this might sound a bit spiritual, but my friend and I used to talk about how in Byron, when you run up that hill, it is like some sort of, it feels like you're going on some sort of adventure pilgrimage. You've (laughs) got like nature, you've got like whales, dolphins, you've got yeah, it's something special. That was my next question as well because there's two different ways to get up there. There's the road or there's, I guess, like you could call it the cross-country way or the mm. trail way. There's a bit of stairs, plenty of leaves. Mm. What's your preferred way, road or trail? Uh, definitely the trail if I'm walking. But as you know, I like to hit one pace and just hold. So in trail running, you can't do that. You've got to actually deviate from the plan, which I'm not good at. So if I'm running, road, if I'm walking trail whoa I'm actually really surprised by that I'm actually shocked that you would run up on the road I assumed that you would be like trail all the way oh no 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 I'm I'm straight up the guts and also there is no shoulder so you you have to run oh that's how uh I've baked a cake okay I'm gonna keep this going because uh hey Siri stop alarm there's a little bit of a backstory to this Lissy and I have well we did all right little interruption from technology just getting this cake out of the oven you're here along for the journey right I'm just going to describe it's actually not a cake it's literally a bran loaf my mum's recipe which we're obsessed with now I like chocolate in it Lissy does not so what we've got here I'm describing it's a loaf looks like a banana bread oh no you put banana in it no I can see banana no that's pear Oh, it's even worse. <laughs> so every every time, no, just hear me out. I feel like this is going to be a good one. Okay, so we've got a loaf here. It does have some pear in it. We do do variations of things that we've got left over in the fridge to go into said cake. But I've got 50% here chocolate, 50% no chocolate because Lizzie doesn't like the chocolate. Yeah, right. So the cho- just to paint the picture, the chocolate chips are on top. Are they also inside? They're or? not inside because I was too worried that there would be some sort of contamination from my chocolate side into yours and I'd get curry for it so I feel like that's actually ideal because then I can just cut off the top and eat your half too perfect everyone wins uh, and the way you cut this cake makes me really anxious so you use a butter knife to cut through it as well and I know that we're digressing right from anything that anyone wants to hear about but you do massacre the cake yeah well sometimes all you have is a plastic butter knife you don't so you just, there's always options you've just got to take what you can get all right se- well second second question what is your preferred eating implement spoon fork or knife <laughs> Uh, do you know, growing up, my mum always just had because we had these really sharp, they're called Victor Knox knives, and we used them from very young age because, I don't know, mum was just like, you know what, they you'll learn. Great. They are great. They are great. They are very sharp. I have sharp. several cuts on my fingers, though, from they're them. They're really sharp. So mm. we learnt, um, but we used to always, like, you know when there's that little bit of honey or peanut butter or something left on your knife, you want to get that last bit off the knife. So naturally, you lick the knife, and mum always used <gasps> to say, if you cut your tongue, you'll hiss like a snake. Like, as in, you get a forked tongue because mm-hmm. you cut. Mm-hmm. And that stayed with me as a kid. I was like, that sounds bad. 
So I remember I actually stopped for a while. I'm back on. You the definitely lick the Victor Knox knives. I've seen it. Well, I also know that that's false. Okay, but also that's not your preferred eating implement. A I know spoon. that. I'm a spoon person. You're a spoon Specifically, person. a medium-sized teaspoon is my vessel of choice. Yeah. So how um how easy is that to come across? Um. Well. Surprisingly, we have several of them. I don't know why. We do. I think they're hotel spoons. They're that weird kind of in between, like a bougie teaspoon that's a little bit bigger than like the standard one that you get. Mm. When you say you think they're from a hotel, they're definitely from um, the Grand Centara Hotel in Thailand. But anyway. We can't say that we're grifting. Okay. Uh, All right. Um, Top three three things that you do before leaving the house. Okay, top three things. Definitely pop the kettle on. Yep. And that's usually – I'm not one for a travel mug as much as you are. To be honest, I'd say that's probably 20% of my time I'd take a mug out the door. I would say kettle on but have the drink here. I'm just going to make like a political statement and say that drinking at home is very good because you tend to take lots of drinks in a backpack with you. So this is your morning morning routine then? Oh, it doesn't have to be, but always three things. Mm -hmm. Phone, keys, probably sunglasses. Yeah, true. I'm really photosensitive. Yeah. I feel like you're very good at, at doing that as well. Like you don't find yourself running back inside the house because you forgot your phone, keys or sunglasses. Yeah, you do that all the you're, time. You're very organised in that way. Um, all right. What do you think your most annoying habit is? Um, <laughs> probably being a little bit hyper tidy. I'm feeling like that's – you know what? Let's be honest. I've got a list, right? <laughs> so I'm going to give myself one of the less – annoying ones like just like the mild ones that you can just sort of laugh about have a little slap on the wrist and move on with your life so I'm going to say being overly pedantically tidy and organized which then is kind of a bit annoying for you probably only because I'm a little bit further the other way um and I to be honest I think most people would wish that they were as tidy as you because they don't forget their sunglasses (laughs) and they don't lose their sunglasses so um yeah I feel like that's a it's sort of like a, a a positive annoying trait to have (laughs) to be honest sort of I feel like we could probably open that one up but that would be a can of worms and I'd sort of prefer not to to be honest all right and last question how many tomatoes per week are you currently consuming (laughs) (laughs) what a dig first of all I feel like okay going back to the knife going back to the tomatoes when you're cutting tomatoes Liz you always leave that little knobbly bit on the top for the last person to use. Wait, me or, or you? One hundred percent, you do it. What? You take that out and then you cut the tomato, so you don't have to have the little knobbly bit on the top. Anyway, <laughs> so if you are going to have a stab wait, about wait, my tomato on. consumption, I'm just going to say I'm going to say I eat half a tomato a day, sometimes a whole tomato. Okay. When you say the little knobbly bit, are you talking about like, like the actual the stalk? Stalk part, yeah. Okay, where did the stalk part connect? Connect the connection of the stalk. Ah, yeah. See, that's you always, and the same with that. Um, also, we cut our tomatoes differently. I cut mine side on, and you cut yours um, longitudinally. I what did, do you call it? No, I did hear that that releases the best flavour. Longitudinal, like your way. Yeah. Look, I, I had went to school with this this gorgeous girl. She was Italian, and her family were big on tomatoes. They used to make passata, etc., on the weekends, whatever. And I remember I went over for one of these weekends and I was like well educated on everything. To be honest, I can't actually remember what we did on the day. It was quite chaotic. But the tomato slicing is, I feel like, supposed to be what we're going to call that cross-sectionally. Yeah. And that actually doesn't surprise me because I I feel like whenever you make me like a salad sandwich or a hamburger or something, the tomatoes do taste better. Yeah. I don't know if that's just because everything always tastes better when it's made by somebody else. But I don't know. To be honest, I'm going to say I feel like you're probably onto something. 
you just want me to make you sandwiches. <laughs> it's, it's fair. I'm an, I'm an easy target. I love making a sandwich. All right, your turn. Yes. Ready? Also, we do apologise for that little cooking um, expedition that we went into the kitchen, but also I feel like you may enjoy the journey. And also can't promise it won't happen again. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair point. Okay, question number one, list. You ready? Favourite track to run on in Melbourne? Oh, Melbourne? How, how, how far is this radius? Melbourne, oh, we call like, Melbourne. Um, okay, let's expand that. Victoria. No, actually, let's just stick to Melbourne. I okay. like Collingwood. I did a training session there on Sunday and um, I just absolutely loved it. Loved the vibe, loved the people. The people were so welcoming. They were I just like, oh. You're a community person. Yeah, well, yeah, it was such a great vibe. So first of all, I had some guys come along with me, which was um, pretty awesome. And the guy who said that we could use the track was just like, yep, anytime, let me know when you want to come on. They can organize the barriers. So already I was like, this is awesome. Had a good session, felt really bouncy, easy access to get to from um, from South Yarra where we live. Mm-hmm. And then also easy access to get from that main road, parking, warm up area, perfect, toilet, everything you could want. Um, that's actually really interesting and I love the fact that you do sort of encompass the community aspect because my mind goes to when you're thinking about a track what's the performance what's the impact what's the spring back like oh. so <laughs> back in like gymnastics oh. days you're like what do you think of this floor and you're like oh it's got no bounce so you'd be trying to do your floor routine and it'd be like a dead floor and you'd get no height and end up sort of jarring your ankles etc but you go for like the people were lovely yeah, this and I is had cool. a really fun time. There's some cyclists that rode past. You can see the road from the track, so plenty, plenty to um, keep you interested. I love this so much. Love it says it. so much about um, your personality. I absolutely love it. Okay, moving on. A quick lesson from last night's one-mile race, which you did win. You blitzed it out of the field. One quick lesson you'd learnt from that. Always eat a banana seven minutes before the race yes! starts. Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. I've never felt more powerful when you were like, Alice, I need a banana. I was like, everyone, get out of my way. I need to get straight to the canteen. Go to the canteen. The lady wanted to chat to me about Pilates. And I was like, you know what? This is – I would love nothing more in my whole life to talk to you about Pilates, but this banana is an emergency banana. She's on a mission. Um, it was an emergency banana because to be honest, it was an 8 p.m. race and I kind of didn't realize the significance of how much later it has, it it is. Mm. And I've done a couple of like, yeah, I've done a couple of training sessions that have been in the afternoon. Typically I've been running in the mornings. Um, and so, you know, it's pretty easy to sort of work out like what to eat before a morning session, but then the afternoon sessions I've been doing have been like around 5 p.m. And so it's kind of like, it's pre-dinner, so you don't really need to think about it too much you just have like a normal day of eating um however when you're when you're racing at eight o'clock at night it's like it's actually past dinner time and so you're actually starving um without realizing it and um yeah I think I just got to a point where I felt extremely depleted and my stomach was um letting me know about it in the form of um some cramps um but Alice to the rescue some Gatorade lollies and banana that's and it's so interesting because you always think about like you always get told what not to eat, right? You're like no fiber, there's no like I don't know whole grain foods in the day of your race. So keep it simple carbs, etc. We all know that, and that's fine. But it's like, what about actually just eating enough so you're not hungry? And because you are a bit like nervous, a bit distracted, you kind of your head's in the game of the sport. It's actually a really interesting, and I've never done evening races in my whole life, and I never will. That's mm. um, that's I take my hat off to you guys doing that. But yeah, that's just getting the volume in, so you're yes. not hungry. Yeah, so I would say like I didn't really think too much about fueling because it's a it was a one mile race, mm. and so I'm not really thinking about uh, like carb loading yeah. or anything like that at all. 
didn't really yeah just didn't sort of cross my mind too much um so I just literally just didn't eat enough during the day um to compensate for it but yeah it was really good to learn and I guess there's a little bit of like that, that that's me personally as well and like you were saying most people are told you know don't eat sort of like vegetables don't eat anything that's got too much fiber because it's going to sit in your stomach um, but I guess I've come from a background um, when I first started running I was um, prescribed really strong anti-inflammatories from a doctor and I was on that for about six months so I think that's probably affected my stomach lining and then so that does kind of change the rule so yeah. for most people they would want to have like quite bland simple food like white bread white rice and all that kind of stuff so that you don't have anything sitting in your stomach but I guess for somebody like me that potentially has a little bit of damage to the stomach lining maybe I don't know yeah. haven't actually been tested for it mm. um, but I think I actually need to, my stomach to be sort of relatively not full but like you know something in Blind. there so um, yeah and w when I'm in that situation like last night I got these terrible stomach cramps and my stomach actually started to swell you could actually see it. Yeah. You were like, look at me. You had like obviously the most incredible six pack you've ever seen, but you could you still have the six pack, but you could actually see the swelling yeah. and like the bloating at the top of the the wreck abs. Like it was actually yeah. it looked sore. Yeah, it was quite painful. And the only time I could sort of feel a little bit of comfort is when I was like bent over completely. When and this is what just like 20, 15 minutes before the start when I'm supposed to be yeah. trying to like warm up, do some strides, and I was like, oh, I couldn't even stand upright. But um, you did such a good job. I, um, and then we got you doing the most unglamorous because I, I look. I don't know where I got this information from. This is not my area of expertise. This is definitely not even a thing. You just made me do this no, in front of everybody. No, it's definitely so a thing. embarrassing. I remember hearing about stomach cramps, and I can't remember the scenario where it was. But basically, you lie down on the floor. You get your knees to go up towards the ceiling, and then over your head. So it's, like a, it's called a plow pose. <laughs> okay, it is. So I'm doing a plow pose on the start line, it's like really literally good. next to your long jump pit. I'm pretty sure you were doing yep, this plow pose. Next so you to had the start line. Bottom in the air, feet over your head and you're just hanging out and I was like listen you got to stay there for 45 seconds that's the prescription that I'm giving you and you're like okay so you did it but also my Less. flexibility is so bad so you're pushing my legs over and I was actually <laughs> rolling over onto my right shoulder I was like I'm actually going to end up standing up doing like a full tumble turn yeah what a sight but also I feel like it helped yeah, I think it definitely helped. And also I think just having like the extra banana in there as well. Bit of a blood um, rush to the head never hurts. Yeah, yeah. And I think probably because I, I did get hungry in the afternoon and I was like, all right, I'm just going to eat lollies. So pretty oh. much just ate like lollies and really like, probably high GI foods. I it bet you went ate all the good ones. I bet there's all the yellow and orange left. Yep. And probably oh, the green devastating. too. devastating. Um, oh, I can do the green. That's cool. Yeah. So I think it's um, probably a little bit of that. And so definitely, definitely it was, it was beneficial to, to have a race scenario that is late at night because, um, you know, that was a, like, a little bit of fun because my next race, which would be the Zatapec, um, you know, I want to make sure that I, I give that a really good crack and take it quite seriously. So yeah. I would hate to get to the start line there in the same situation with something that is actually preventable, which, you know, if it's diet related, you can, you can have a sandwich. Boom. Just have a sandwich. Have a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. What for life? Literally can actually <laughs> fix so many problems yep. just by having a sandwich. Yeah, so true. It doesn't have to be much. Uh, okay. So next question for you, Liz. You have been having – there is a dilemma out there, not one that you would hear of frequently because you are a superstar elite athlete and this problem wouldn't arise in people like myself or average runners, which is race briefs, right? So we run in bike <laughs> pants, loose shorts, whatever, tights. Um when you're racing, you have to wear briefs, like sort of mm -hmm. uh, like, I guess, bathers slash undies, but a bit more, would you say? But there's sort yep. of criteria. Talk us through this process. What have you ended up with? Yeah, so when you actually Google like 
race briefs or running briefs, you come up with like a really strange assortment of things in Google. Um, But yeah, I guess I have an issue and a lot of the time we have an issue in Australia. So like I'm running for Brooks at the moment and they just don't have access to like a race outfit um, here in Australia. So they're waiting until they can get some from the US or from wherever, but it's going to take um, quite a while. And that's been the case with like other brands in the past Mm. as well. It's always really hard to get your hands on a race kit um, here in Australia. So I took matters into my own hands. I was going to go down the, the road of looking into um, like ballet costumes. and like, oh, cause they're appara- amazing. Yeah, well, apparently dancers actually wear these like race literally the briefs. same. Yeah, exactly. They okay. wear a really similar thing. The only thing is they're quite high-waisted. So and high and high cut, like <laughs> kind of quite 80s. Would you, is that- yeah, yeah nice. some of them were, to be honest. I didn't actually try any on because then I found my way. Well, I found myself in the underwear section of Big W. And um, I was like, go wrong. I was like, here we go. <laughs> uh, first of all, I came across some um, the period underwear section, and oh, I was yeah. like, this looks because they're quite conservative. Like they've got a good side, yep. front, back. Like there's not there's not wedgy situations. Yep. They're not skimpy on the sides. They've got like so they're quite high waisted. So they've got a fair bit of coverage. And I was like, this is perfect. But then I was like, oh, they're Probably a they're little kind of bit padded. padded. I'm not, yeah. yeah. So I didn't, I sort of moved on from there. Yep. But I did find a couple of types that were really good. So I came home with two pairs. One is just like a pretty slinky pair of um, underwear brief type of things. Haven't actually worn them running in a race yet. So I'm not sure they could potentially go quite wedgy. Uh-huh. So we'll see. We might have to take them out on the Are um, they in the undie drawer at the moment? Uh, pro- possibly. <laughs> no, okay. I don't know. Trying to work out whether if you've worn them. <laughs> no, no, no. They sound familiar. Let anyway, me, moving let on. Let me know. What was the next option? Uh, and then the next option were a pair of those. Um, oh, what are they called? Like shape, shapewear, oh, shape yeah, underwear. Like spanks. Yeah, they really hold your stomach in, and maybe that oh, was the oh cause my of my God. stomach Imagine cramps. Imagine if they gave you stomach cramps, <laughs> because I was saying that Kim Kardashian's released a range, and I think it's called. Uh, I've lost it, but basically she's made them, but she's added like diamantes to them. And I feel like that would be 100% your vibe. Like that is you in a nutshell. Let's find something that's quite standard and then let's add a little bit of bedazzle to it. Well, I'm definitely going to be researching them because that sounds absolutely perfect for what I'm after. So anyway, came home with these and they're, it's basically shapewear, but I did get a size large so that they wouldn't actually be (laughs) compressive. I just get better. (laughs) So like, Ah. so, but the thing is they're a little bit saggy on the bottom, but they're kind of like fitted (laughs) enough around the waist so that they're not going to ride up too much. Quite conservative, maybe too conservative. They looked pretty sturdy. I did wear them last night. They look fine. They didn't ride up. No. I think they looked fine. You also won the race. Now they're your lucky panties. They're my lucky <laughs> panties. Okay, can we please not call them panties <laughs> ever <laughs> again? No, we got them from Big W Underwear. We're allowed to call them panties. All right, so they're, they're my panties. Yeah, but okay. um, <laughs> Oh, man. So hopefully no one noticed. I'm not sure. We'll see. But there is still one other pair that I would like to try on. But they are – the second pair are like the, literally the fabric of underwear. So they're mm. quite thin. So definitely save them for a hot day. Um, and I might sort of try – do a lap of the tan in them and just – just see how we go. Okay. I feel like literally 99.9% of the men just left the chat probably 10 minutes ago. But we uh, we plow on, okay. quite literally. Oh, no. Pun intended. Okay, last one. We are off to a music festival, which is going to be a very fun time. Just a one night at a castle? 
which is cool. Crowd Castle. And I love anything that way inclined. I'm such a like a medieval nerd, that sort of stuff. Oh, you are. Uh, Alice loves dragons and yeah, stuff. Dungeons and, you know, armories and whatnot. Big fan. Anyway. Still waiting for your knight in shining armour. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Good I'm, luck with that. I've parked it. So we've got three bands. We've got the Jezebels. We've got Alex Leahy. And we've got Metal Kids. Which are you looking forward to the most? Oh, this is a very loaded question. Mm, well, I feel yeah. like um, we've been to that many Alex Leahy concerts over the past year that it's almost a little bit embarrassing. Oh, no, we're like so, the number one fans. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, there they are, front row again. We're like, hey, we are groupies. Like, hey, we've got the same dance moves. We got a shout out at the last gig. We did, we did. That was nice. Yeah, because, like, because Alice and Lissy. Yeah, because we are those people, which I is know. like a little bit awkward. So now I feel like we definitely need to go um, into the background. However, I'm actually really excited to see Jezebels. Yeah, I can't believe we lucked out to have like three of our favourite bands at, like it's literally a music festival just with three bands and three of our favourite bands. And um, last year we actually were going to go see the Jezebels, but it was like, I think it was like sold out or like crazy expensive. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's not a band that I'm like super into, but... Um, We've been playing it on repeat at home and so I'm sort of getting into it. No, we haven't. I like repetition. It's not actually on repeat. Alice is a creature of habit, so (laughs) I get onto a track and then I'll play it until it absolutely infiltrates into your nightmares. That's how I listen to music. Yep, and that happens very quickly for me. You have a very low threshold of um, repetitive music. (laughs) I definitely do. Well, actually, while we're on this topic, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Uh, I Okay. That's actually, you know what? I wasn't prepared for this. I know what you're looking turned. Now I'm feeling a little bit stressed. Okay, you know what? Middle Kids has to be my number one favourite band of, I'm going to say, all time. I reckon I know, to be honest. This, this, um, this festival is going to be in Ballarat. You are mm. very much looking forward to the run the next day around the Lake Wendery. I reckon that would be the highlight of your... <laughs> Festival no, weekend. Not. Oh my god, don't make me sound so dorky. No. Oh well of course I am looking forward to that and you're absolutely not wrong. <laughs> um I've never actually run around that lake, I don't think. Yeah, no, nah, it's actually pretty good. There was a race there um with Athletics Victoria earlier this year. Oh yeah, and you it was, smashed that. Um it was quite traumatic actually. I remember being it was a fifteen K race and um yeah, about two K from the end I was thinking that I might need to actually have a little bit of a walk break. No, <laughs> you tough. didn't. It was oh, tough. You did that with one of the Pilates members, Daniel, who is the biggest legend. You guys took turns, um, which sounds like it oh, was... we didn't take turns. No, he asked me if we, if we if I wanted to take turns with him into the headwind, and I said absolutely not. You're all good. I'll sit on. Thanks you. for the offer. <laughs> Appreciate it, but I'm going to tuck in and then just suck the wheel. Fantastic. Yeah, that was not. Uh, yeah, that was that was tough. My heart rate's never been so high in my life, but um, I think if we would go for a run around there, it'd be. It's actually awesome little lake i also love that your like race 15k on the rivet heart rate is literally like how i live my life so i have a really <laughs> high heart rate lissy is of course a super impressive amazing athlete so her heart rate will drop to like the 30s no worries there's like a genetic component into it as well though fair, like fair. i feel like everyone is quite different and to be honest that's why i love the garmin app so much because that if, if you're wearing your watch like all day every day it's actually really good at working out your um training zones your personal yeah. yeah i find it quite accurate as well um and so uh, and so like even though 
like your heart rate might be higher than mine. It's really embarrassing. Your, no, but your your different zones will be yeah. related to you only. It's all relative. But yeah. I never have any of that stuff public because I'm like, oh, there's so much judgment. Um, well, I feel for myself because I'm like, <laughs> I compare it to your data and I'm like, damn, I am pushing it and we're on an easy run. <laughs> yeah. Story but, of my but life. that is actually you, Al. You're pushing it on an easy oh, run. No. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to give you a sixth question. I'm pretty sure no, this is the fifth question, but I, this is an important question. Okay. You are really good at so many things. Can I just, just, just a quick peppering, right? Obviously just won the mile race, incredible runner, plays the guitar, does pottery, knows the lyrics to <laughs> every song that you like. Uh, but the question I have for you, why are you so bad at choosing ice cream flavours? Oh, why? No. Talk me through this. I don't know. We I'm went not... for the ice cream last night just to sort of jump in here. Straight out the race. I was thinking about it all day. I was like, Lissy said, she's not an ice cream person, but she said that after every race this year, we're going to go and get ice cream because it's going to be a fun time. Amazing. So I held her to it. I was like thinking about the ice cream since like 11 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like literally. I'm not even pretending. And I'm that person also that goes into the ice cream shop. I know exactly what flavor. I've been thinking about it probably 10.30 to be fair. <laughs> And also has the audacity to ask to try two flavours that I know well and truly I'm not going to get, but you just want to get that little bit of extra yep. before you go, you know what, I'm going to have what I came in to have. And like, to be honest, I I, I, under, I get that and I followed suit and I tried to do it. And so like last time I tried the mint choc chip and I was like, oh, that's really good. It was actually, it wasn't very chocolate at all. It was like quite minty. So Tastes like toothpaste. Yeah, it, it was, but it was kind of like refreshing. Mm. I sort of liked that. Um, and then anyway, so then this time I tried, was it like some sort of like caramel one? The name looked so good. And then I was just... Salted caramel. Yeah, that's right. But it wasn't good. Like it just, it just didn't really hit the spot. Um, and then I tried some other flavor as well. But then I was just like, in, I, I followed your tactic and I was like, I'm just going to get the, the choc mint because I think that's good. Safe. Ide- yeah, ideally I would like try everything. But then as soon as I got it, I was like, this is bad. It doesn't even taste like chocolate. It tastes like mint. Yeah. I've made a mistake. Oh, you made me eat so much of it. And we also only only had got one flavour each too. So that was probably the most disappointing thing. Yeah. I think you need to have – Two like, flavours. You just oh, – you need you need several. I think you need five, but just like small scoops, sm- five small scoops. So just no, like that makes me feel stressed. A little bit of a taste of everything. Because they're all going to contaminate each other and you're going to end up with a mashed up flavour. Anyway, I'm pretty passionate about ice cream, so I feel like I take this pretty seriously. You're not so much and you are – humoring me with this and I really appreciate that because you know how much I love ice cream so you're like you know what let's let's sort of blend this and we'll try and get it going but I'll never forget the time that I essentially forced you to take me out for ice cream we got there and there was one of those ice cream places that are incredibly overwhelming so there's a million flavors and I was trying a million flavors you were trying flavors those some places actually say (laughs) which I hate you can't try them because since COVID, what? Oh, no. COVID's not a thing right now. So you need to let us try the flavours. I'm going to drop like, I don't know, $16 on two ice cream. So let me try. But I have to say, like, it is such a pain. Like when yeah. we were choosing those flavours. It was very annoying. We chose, we had two samples each. And I was like, I really felt for the guy. I was like, if everyone did this, that's so annoying. It is. Also, he was really generous with the samples. Like he gave us basically yeah. a scoop for a sample. Yeah. Anyway. That's why so we didn't choose those flavours. We didn't need to. <laughs> we didn't need to. We had plenty. So we went in there and then I said to Liz, what are you thinking? And you're like, oh, I just want to try one. You're like, what flavour are you going to try, Liz? I'm going to try the licorice flavour. 
And I was like, that's weird. Okay, sure. <laughs> She'll get that out of her system. No worries. <laughs> anyway, so I went, charged ahead because I was like on a mission. I'd probably, again, been thinking about this for quite some time. Chose my flavours. I think I got two. Anyway, turn around. And I left her alone for a couple of minutes while I was choosing mine. I turn around and I said, How, what did you think of the licorice flavour? You looked at me and you were like, it was disgusting. So bad. And I was like, cool, no worries. So then I started enjoying my ice cream and she's left alone again to choose the flavour that I thought was going to be a winner. Turn around. She's committed to a full scoop of licorice flavoured ice cream, even know. though you just told me that it was nasty. I was really stri- like under the pump. Okay. <laughs> it because- actually makes no sense. But my go-to is I'm a really aesthetic person. Mm. So I like like the cotton candy bubble gum. Yes. <laughs> double- so you went for grey black licorice. I know because I just felt like I was going to get judged if I choose the hundreds and thousands oh. fairy floss flavour. You would definitely, but at yeah. least you have a nice ice cream for it. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, endure the licorice ice cream. It was okay, but yeah, definitely wouldn't recommend getting it again. I don't know. I am. I'm just a like I'm a bubble gum kind of person. Interesting thing was, and this we're just going to talk a bit of science here, really. I guess. So Lissy hates waste, hates it. We'll save everything and have it later, which is a fantastic <laughs> trait. Lissy put this ice cream licorice. She couldn't finish it because it was horrible put it in a glass jar in the freezer and was like you know what I'm going to keep chipping away at this and I will finish this ice cream it may not be today tomorrow may not be in the next few years but I'm going to get it done anyway Lissy's favorite time to eat ice cream is the mornings for breakfast anytime that I'm not cold I wake up really warm and so I feel very confident in eating cold foods in the morning (laughs) only time I, I just I hate cold food yeah so I did try it first thing in the morning interesting though it tasted like nothing. It tasted like vanilla. Like just it the did not. The licorice got there was no licorice out flavor. Of it. Completely not. And I was like, that is ridiculous. I can't believe it. And so then I put it back in the freezer. Next day, came back. <gasps> the licorice came back. No, I came back to the ice cream. Oh, I was going to say, hang on. This is like, I'm really invested now. <laughs> I came back to the ice cream to finish the last bit. Nut, and it was the same thing. Same no, thing, vanilla again. Vanilla again, no, no yeah. flavour. Yeah, so somehow the, the licorice evaporated after the um, double freezing so process. So I wouldn't have believed it, but I went back twice. Yeah. So I'm very certain about this. Also, your palate is very exquisite. Good. It is phenomenally accurate and prolifically just anything that I use in any sort of meal that I, inverted commas, cook or make, mainly a sandwich, you'll be able to name exactly what's in it. So Thank you. Um, anyway, I feel like... Whatever your science experiment you've done is correct and we will never know the answer. Thank you for calling it science. Science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so here we go. Um, yeah, I think, to be honest, I'm a bit like that with ordering food as well. I need help. I need someone to order for me. Yeah, you make some bad choices. I make sometimes bad choices. I've actually, I'm not one to do this because it's quite obnoxious, but sometimes I've been like, I've intervened and I've said, stop, that's a bad decision. Can you just hold up a second? We need to discuss this. And then you're like, you know what? Actually, yeah, that was a really bad decision. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really grateful for you yeah. stepping in. Yeah. Okay. Can't be trusted. Um, so quick recap, Liz, of the mile race last night, which you, did I mention, blitzed and won. It was actually the best thing I've ever seen. Oh, thank you. That was really good. Um, yeah, it was really fun. To be honest, I'm not training for a mile at all. So it was an absolute shock to the system <laughs> to be running fast. And I think the first couple of laps, I was just, it took me a while to sort of like find my rhythm because it just felt fast. And I wasn't really sure, I guess, how fast I could run. So it took me a couple of laps just to sort of work out, all right, well, you know, this is my pace. And now I'm sort of getting my breathing um, sort of like feeling okay. And then I could 
push on a little bit for the last couple of laps. Um, but yeah, pro- like uh, since my hamstring injury, I haven't really touched any speed work. It's been just a lot of like uh, longer running, and or to be honest, my volume's been quite low um, this whole this whole year. But um, I certainly haven't been doing any speed work. And my aim, my, my next main race is going to be the Zatapak 10k, which yeah, is in cannot wait a couple of weeks. I'm excited for it too. Except 25 laps around the track seems quite daunting. <laughs> it's also, quite a lot. Can we mention the um, exciting news about Zatapak? Which exciting news? Well, I'm not sure if this is actually allowed to be said out loud, but there's a certain person slash people. Oh, can... yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this this is, is public knowledge now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Didn't Pit, want to so, like... Yeah, there's going to be – uh, on the infield, there's going to be um, DJs like the whole time. Oh and God, then amazing. also Peking Duck will be there at the end. Oh, so They're going to have free stuff. They're going to have, I don't know what, like food trucks and stuff. But it's going to be a massive night. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it for that because I think they're kind of going all out on it. Yeah. and um, Kind of like what they would do in America with these sort of track meets. Like make it almost like – Sport meets nightclub meets festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a, a, a real vibe. And so you do have to get tickets before you go. So I think that, um, yeah, I rec- everyone, come watch. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, um, I'll be there. Yeah. Obnoxiously standing in some place I'm not supposed a t- to be. A 10K race is um, – it's quite long. <laughs> it's, a lot well, of people say it's quite, really. it's quite boring. We just watched a half marathon. That was, that was long. Yeah, yeah, but it is quite boring to watch for um, a lot of people, I think. But I think it'll be worthwhile, especially if there's DJs. Um, oh, I feel like people that like running would, definitely would disagree. I feel like people would love to watch you. Also, you're going to be doing it like half an hour. That's actually not that long. Yeah. Like imagine like watching way. golf, for example. I don't know how long that goes for, but it seems like a really long time. <laughs> it's definitely not something I'll be watching. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Or just cricket, for example. Such a long time. But yeah, so it was. Um, so Zatapak and the longer stuff is my my main aim, I guess, for now. Like five k is going to be ultimately, you know, what I sort of channel for the the main part of the season. But that's probably not till like February. So been doing some longer road races, 10, 15, half marathon. When I say 15, I mean 15K, um, half marathon. And this is going to be my first ever 10K on track. Um, so that should be good. But yeah, so last night I jumped in this mile race, um, just sort of like a last minute thing. And um, yeah, it was really fun. It was really great to, you know, just be doing four laps <laughs> instead of like all these, um, all my training is obviously like quite long. I'm running sort of, I think maybe around 100K a week at the moment. So a lot of training, um, not really suited to the, the shorter stuff, but yeah, it was absolutely a, a great rust buster, even just to get into spikes again, because it's it like the way that you run in spikes is completely different to how you would be running in um, road shoes as well. It's actually so great to watch. I absolutely love seeing you not only get there with a smile on your face, light it up, but also that pace change that you made at 800 metres. It was like, hey, I'm running fast, but now I'm going to switch and run super fast, take it to the finish and just blitz it all in a day's work. It was so casual and so smooth. It was, yeah. And so, and I was everything but smooth. I think watching. I probably pace changed a little bit too quick. It was I like, loved it. It's probably I a little it. bit too um, long, big fan. long from home. But um, yeah, I can tell that you're a big fan, Al. I think um, all the photos, all the footage, there's just this like blonde curly oh <laughs> girl God, wearing so sunglasses at night. It's know, quite a vibe. I know. And look, I, I know, I was quite obnoxious, but I wanted to get right in there, you know. I just wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to be like basically so I could high-five you at any moment if I needed to. And, um, yeah, no, I can I can say that I'll, I'll do better at Zadabek, I promise. All right, we are back. This is part two of our previous episode. We have had a little bit of water under the bridge between now and then. 
when we say a little bit of water. It's been several days, about 15 different activities, but we're back. We actually had to go to the diary and just check what we'd actually been up to. <laughs> There's been a lot. A lot's been happening. So we're going to give you a brief summary, I think, on um, most of the activities. First of all, what was the first thing that sticks into your mind as like the most exciting or most random or most um, <laughs> iconic part of the last few days? Do you know what? The pizza and Pilates event that we hosted, yep. I feel like that was so great. Okay, just to set the scene, Melbourne, it's almost, well, it is summer now in Melbourne. It's been absolutely bucketing down with rain. The puffer jacket has been come back out again. Mm-hmm. It's been freezing cold, raining all week. And then for our pizza and Pilates event on Sunday... It was like 400 degrees Celsius in like full bright sunshine. We accidentally just lucked out. It was actually beautiful weather. Perfect afternoon for it. Yeah. So look, the Pilates gods shone upon us and we were just stoked to be there, to be honest. We actually, um, we got there quite early. We just set the scene. We went to botanical gardens. We had Very, a very rare for us, I'll lad. <laughs> we um, got a um, big group of people into this beautiful sort of teardrop shaped space in the botanical gardens and we sort of arrived and as we arrived, it was a bun fight finding a car park because the wiggles were on. There was a wedding with like 700 guests and so we were sort of, we did that whole thing where you park right where you're not supposed to just to sort of unload. But also I guess Saturday af- Sunday afternoon rather at the tan is always going to be a challenge without all those extra activities too and what you know two skips ahead we ended up getting the groomsmen from the wedding to actually help us um, to escort all of our really heavy bags and tables <laughs> and stuff into the wedding um, area and then beyond into the Pilates section but also do you want to know would you like to explain how we recruited them to help us at Al? <laughs> There was a bit of road range involved. <laughs> no. Well, they essentially took our car park, which I was a bit cross about. And uh, But then we quickly made friends with them and then we utilised their strength and skills. To be honest, we almost got them to come to Pilates instead of the wedding, but they were part of the bridal party and they thought that that might be a bit controversial. Mm. They considered it though, for sure. And it seemed like it was the kind of wedding, especially if you've got 700 guests, it's not going to be a quick one. A couple, couple less won't really matter. Um, yeah, they always do always ask. And there's a couple of um, kind of, Males in their 20s, they were like, if we come to this Pilates class, we're going to get a six-pack. And I was like, absolutely, <laughs> one 20-minute session, you're on. Absolutely. And they're like, oh, cool, see you there. Safe to say we did not see them there. But, yeah, that event went really, really well. Uh, Farrow Pizza, which is our favourite pizza joint in Melbourne, was super generous in supplying genuine, amazing pizzas. So wood-fired, Melbourne's best. They were all vegetarian, which was great. And we just had them out there straight after the session and they went – within a few minutes and bless my mom actually this is a pretty good delivery method my mom is a kindergarten teacher and she is a logistical genius really she's been doing lots of um just I guess having a big family and having my dad as well as um probably counted in that huge you know chaotic situation she arrived with a makeshift trolley which she'd sort of fashioned from Um, her apartment with some cardboard and she actually delivered the pizzas inside a sleeping bag to keep them warm which is the most um, practical 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 thing I've ever heard. Uh, But, yeah, the pizzas were a massive hit and then it was a really good time. So I think we first discovered Farrah Pizza, the one in Paran on Chapel Street, uh, because we were coming home from a weekend away somewhere and we were, for some reason, maybe we'd just gone for a run or something on the way home. So we're kind of like wet, it was raining, and we had all our like, it feels like maybe we went camping or something. I feel like we just had like a whole bunch of stuff in the car to unpack and we just couldn't be bothered. So we didn't want to go home to face it. So we decided to go 
to this pizza restaurant that we just randomly saw on um, Chapel Street in Paran. Turned out to be Farrow. It was great. We were there for how many hours was it? It was like four hours. We were there for about four hours to the point that they actually came up to us and were like, guys, we're going to have to get you to move on. Like, <laughs> it's been it's been a long oh time. Oh, my God. So bad. So we're like, we don't want to go home because I've got a full car of, like, washing and stuff to unpack. And if we stay mm-hmm. here, we can just put that off for a few more minutes. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, please leave. Yeah. So anyway, so we left. And that's when our love of Farrow um, began. And then since then, they've opened up a new place in um, Richmond. But the thing I really like about it is the base. And I'm a real um, base connoisseur mm. of the mm. um, of the pizza. So I think we have, like, a, a little bit of difference in preference. But what I really like about them is that it's spelt. So it's kind of like it's chewy, but it's not, like, too soft and, like, gooey. Mm. Um, but something cool that we discovered is that they actually do like completely gluten-free ones as well. Cause I think spelt is like gluten friendly, but not for celiac. So mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. So now they're in Richmond and they're going to pop up in, um, where was it? South Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they are a well-oiled machine when it comes to pizza. And we are quite complimentary in that sense because you love the base and I love all the toppings. So it's like <laughs> actually a match made in heaven. Well, it works well, so well. What was your favorite? Um, I just like cheese. Anything with lots of cheese on it, to be honest. Like the more cheese, the better. So I think the buffala is always my favorite just because it's like that really nice buffalo mozzarella yeah. sort of situation happening on the top. I thought the, the potato might have been your, your thing. We, we are creatures of habits. We do have about like three or four that we go to, but the new one was the um, potato one. And I was pleasantly surprised that that was good. Yeah, yeah. Potato and a pizza. That's I feel like that's actually every runner's pre long run dream, to be honest. Mm. But um, it was such a great it was such a great afternoon and like it was so many I think there was what, what like hundred people or something there. <laughs> you did an amazing Pilates class. Jess came in and did some um, mobility at the end of it, so everyone sort of finished feeling nice and loose and limber. Um, everyone sort of had some garlic bread and pizza and snacks and drinks and um And stayed we, for ages. We couldn't get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> we were literally in the park so long. It was actually fantastic. But like that's quintessentially us, right? It's like all right, now we're just settling in. We've got friends, we've got food. It's like a nice afternoon, evening, like let's just hang out. Um, so it was actually really, really terrific. We absolutely love the Pilates community. Like how awesome are they? Uh, so good. It's it's like uh, unmatched as far as I'm concerned. And the other thing, which was your idea, we actually did the whole session in the, a giant circle, like literally the shape of a pizza with um, myself, <laughs> Lissy and Jess in the middle so people could sort of see. Um, so everyone's kind of facing inwards, so you're not sort of stacked back like you would at a theatre performance. Um, and it Little kind bit. of feels quite inclusive. Yeah, closer to the action. I reckon more people can see. Um, plus the photos looked really cool too. But It's true. I got to wear um, a um, Madonna headpiece, Mike, so I felt like literally Brittany in her prime. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a really nice um, – yeah, good. That you've ticked your um, – what do you call Childhood it? Childhood dream. Yeah. Yeah, 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 take that one off. Um, so that was quite a yang event. In fact, this whole weekend was just full of um, quite extroverted activities, which is nice. But during the week, uh, we did take a Pilates and breathwork class, which was something that I haven't ever done. And it was magical. So my good friend, Kirsten, I'll give you a bit of a background. So Kirsten is an exercise physiologist. She's a founder of Swimnastics, which is basically the dry land training for swimmers, particularly the youth swimmers that um, she's sort of trying to get the good habits forming and staying strong and limber and injury free when you're in the pool. Anyway, she's done a lot of meditation and breath work and that's her passion. She's a very, she's a beautiful, spiritual, um, but also science based person so she's a beautiful hybrid anyway so I took the first part which was of course Pilates because that's the lane that I stay in and that was mainly about sort of chest expansion thoracic rotation and just kind of getting the bodies moving in a way that kind of calms you down loosens you up so you've got the capacity to expand your lungs 
And then Kirst came in, got us onto a pillow in the middle of our mats, took us through these beautiful breath exercises and did a little bit of meditation, but it wasn't done in a way that we were just sort of sitting there in silence. She was kind of talking and guiding and being really gentle and gave us these some really, really good tools to use in daily life. And I'm not going to lie, I've literally been using them most days. Mm, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, I think um, everyone can do really well with using these, like literally implementing them into their daily lives, whether it be to sort of like hype themselves up a little bit or calm themselves down. Um, there's so many different um, aspects that you can in your life that you can use it for, right? Absolutely. And that's the thing. So I always thought that breathing was to calm you down. I was like, cool. As a gymnast, we always learn, have a few deep breaths before you do a beam routine just to sort of get the shakes out so you can kind of nail it. But in fact, there's two different kinds of breath pattern. In fact, there's probably a lot more than two. I'm going to simplify it. But in terms of trying to hype you up for performance, and that's a lot of breath holding at the top on the inhalation. And then there's that sort of breath pattern, which actually calms you down with the hold on the exhalation, which is sort of that more, okay, I'm a little bit um, too hyped and I need to settle down. I'm a little bit stressed, so I'm just going to calm myself and reset. Now, interestingly, I was awful at the latter, Mm-hmm. So holding my breath. No surprises. <laughs> and I was really good at the upper chest hold, sort of amping up. And I was abysmal at the holding your breath on the exhale, um, which is what I've been trying to work on in my own time. It actually helps. It's so interesting, isn't it? How Because like, you'd think that like you're either good at holding your breath or you're, or you're not, but you can have like certain strengths and weaknesses within that as well. Also, side note, if um, anyone's interested in like breath work, we watched a incredible movie. Now, I'm going to get the name wrong, which is going to be really um, – probably frustrating it's it's free diving no no it's i think it's called the last breath okay the longest breath the longest breath and the deepest breath the deepest breath there it is and essentially it is the sport of free diving but it's also this kind of drama all the feels romance and tragedy all intertwined into one but the athleticism behind it is very much there there's a little bit of science and physiology behind you know the breath these people are going down sort of you know 30 to 50 meters and they're staying down there for like six to seven minutes and also swimming to sort of get back up so and I think what actually got me was when they when they reached you I'm not sure if it was like 30 meters below the surface or whatever it was um there becomes a point where the um the the uh, suction it suctions you down into you know deeper into the ocean so when you're coming back up you're fighting against that so that's really challenging when you've got like no literally no oxygen in your lungs and you're just relying um on your body to be able to do its thing to get you back up and sort of fight against the current these people are passing out you know um a few meters from surfacing they're literally being resuscitated at the top like it is it is absolutely mind-blowing to be perfectly honest but there's something in it that is just you can't look away it's like almost like just watching the whole thing so beautiful and calm and yet such a um I think it is the most dangerous sport yeah so um I just want to follow that with like I definitely don't recommend anyone to be doing that because it looks really um quite brutal definitely not good for you no um, but incredibly impressive yeah it's a really nice thing to just watch I would say Mm, from mm. afar um so that that was really nice to sort of practice that breath work with cursed and in fact there was a beautiful response to it I wasn't sure because I feel like um you know I'm putting myself into this category and I'm probably speaking out of turn but I feel like a lot of runners like myself are just like go 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 quite hyped and ready to do some strength work but not so much on the more um slow down calm breathing sort of side of things that being said the feedback was amazing and they're like, let's do more of this. So there will be more of that. 
And so, like, what do you think you would use more, like, for you personally in your daily life? Would you use breath work to sort of amp you up or to calm you down? I feel like no one needs me more amped, unfortunately. I feel like <laughs> I've been doing the world a disservice to be more extroverted than I am. I'm not going to lie. So I would say definitely the exhalation holds and the box breath pattern, sort of in for four, hold for two, across for four, hold for two, down for – so you picture like a box and you hold mm-hmm. it at each corner essentially. And that, I'm not sure if she said that, but that's how my mind envisioned. <laughs> Welcome to the insides of my brain. But that was really good to hold, particularly in the exhale – as opposed to the inhale. So she was saying that increase that little bit of hold in the exhale. And so what kind of situation would you do it? Like would you just do that when you wake up, when you go to sleep, when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling um, anxious about something or before a run? Do you know what? I actually did the other day in the car because I had had a really stressful morning. I was running like a mad chook doing a million things and the parking situation tipped me over the edge to the point where I went to go and get some bread rolls, I think, and I circled around the car parking of the bakery a few times and then just kept driving. I was like, we don't have bread and we don't deserve – we're not having bread today. <laughs> we're going with that <laughs> because I just that. can't yeah. – and then I got home and I was like, now I'm really regretting all my decisions. I've just been so stubborn. I should have just parked further away and walked. But um, I <laughs> just was like, you need to just calm down for a second before you go inside. So I did some breathing in the car and I came out like zen – um, trying to think of something else to describe yeah. Zen. No, that's impressive. I'm impressed that you, that you do that. And it must have been a bad situation because I feel like you actually do have a really good threshold for tolerance for car parking. Mm. Compared to me, I'm completely the other end of the spectrum in that way. I would walk for three kilometres <laughs> to avoid having to do loops and loops and loops to try and find a car park. But I feel like you already have very good patience. So that says a lot for that situation. Um, um, yeah, I'm a very, very lazy walker. And also, after I had a few foot surgeries, and I use this as an excuse. I don't think it is because you've also had multiple foot surgeries, but I'm just <laughs> yeah. going like, to lay this on thick and say that when I had foot surgeries, I always had to go really close to places because I didn't want to have to work, walk too far. But also my, my foot's fine now and also your foot's fine and I feel like it's just a behavioural pattern. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't, just... know what, don't know what it is, but I'm really glad that you got some benefit from the, um, <laughs> from the breathing anyway. <laughs> I've actually found that um, I've been using it when I try and sleep. Like I'm a shocking sleeper, always been a shocking sleeper my whole life. And um, what I've tried to find, I started just, just the other night after um, that, the breath work thing, um, just doing some like holds on the exhalation before going to sleep. And it's, it's actually helped me fall asleep really quickly, um, which is quite surprising because like I said, like I am a shocking sleeper. I know have been for as long as I can remember since I was a kid. So um, yeah, I kind of, I wish I had have known um, or learned some of these strategies earlier because I think already it's made a huge difference for me. Yeah. So we are going to have another session as we come towards Christmas too. Um, I feel like everyone just ends up with their minds so busy, so messy, and you're kind of just running around in circles. And look, we don't have kids or anything like that so having little kids around Christmas time must be must be so busy because I feel like there's all these like Christmas plays and you got to get presents and stuff I feel like we have it relatively easy in that regard but still <laughs> only because you've banned Christmas decorations <laughs> from our house I, we're not allowed anything no I just don't like the mess and the clutter and it makes me feel a bit stressed I love the smell of a Christmas tree that to me is like my favorite time of the year could we get the diffuser, do you reckon? That's like some sort of oh, yeah. pine, <laughs> it's not pino clean spritzer. <laughs> I don't know. Blend 20, just spray some of that around. <laughs> Basically, I definitely prefer it. I feel like that would be extra clean. That's, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to um, another one of those breath work. Um, Wait, um, the other thing is, speaking of um, calm activities, we did go to a music festival, which was um, the most wild experience um, 
it was actually just bizarre like the whole thing where do we even start so first of all we got our nice little um we're like what are we going to wear to this music festival okay let's wear a mini skirt and a boob tube let's <laughs> <laughs> get our fishnets out and get like you know the cool sunnies on channeling our best like burning man vibes Anyway, we get there. And we end up wearing like a bin bag because it was Bucketing down rain, <laughs> freezing cold in Ballarat. And so we're literally just wearing like all of the jumpers that we could possibly have. And like Alice said, a bin bag of a Some poncho. Stones, literally standing like. So, okay, just to sort of set the scene, we arrived and it was quite literally at this castle, right? And when I say castle, like. Cryo Castle. Cryo Castle. I am a medieval fan. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. She is. Um, and I am not ashamed to admit that. Even I was a bit like, this is too far. It was There were too people far. with jousting sticks doing like pretend. <laughs> and shields. Shields. Wooden swords doing mm-hmm. sparring. Um, there was also a legit wedding taking place in the castle where the bride was the medieval bride and the groom was like a knight. And then they had their families with their family crests, um, like, you know, House of Targaryen sort of thing. This just does not speak to me at all. <laughs> but also, we, we saw Alex Leahy. She did make a really good point that anyone that gets married at a medieval wed- wedding, I feel like they've found their person and that that's true, true love. <laughs> that's true. Like anyone that's that like, a you know one what? of a kind person. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like that's that's going to be a very successful marriage and we wish them all the very best. It was, yeah, it was a lot. And obviously it did, um, it did sort of, there was a lightning storm. It was, we thought they were going to cancel it, but the show went on quite literally and it was phenomenal. But um, I think the best thing is it was three of our favorite artists. So Alex Lee, Middle Kids and the Jezebels and, um, you know, doors open at like five or whatever, but the, they didn't start to like seven. So we're like, right, classic us, we'll get there like five to seven got there at five to seven expecting there to be like food trucks and all sorts of things because oh, it is yeah. a festival we got there there's a hot dog stand that's literally it <laughs> and a fairy floss machine and we're like no. okay poor alice is vegetarian so we're like oh do you reckon we can whiz back and go see if there's like pizza somewhere bring it back here they let us go out and bring the pizza back um fortunately because of the lightning storm it was postponed a little bit so we had plenty of time to sit in the stands um but it was just like the whole situation was quite weird so if how would you paint the picture of the the scene so you've got the stage and you've got where the mosh kind of area would be but it was basically a pond it was basically a pond it was completely empty and everyone was just kind of sitting off to the side actually do be honest it actually felt like some sort of gladiator experience if Mm. i'm going to go back in time so it was almost like we were like the royalty watching from the high grandstand and there was just like the people fighting it out in the middle which is where they would have done their like um, I, I imagine they're jousting and whatever that they do. <laughs> whatever they do. Yeah. But yeah, I felt it was – the vibe was not – it was very much like not let's go into the mosh pit and dance. It was like I just want to sit back here and just see what mm. they're all doing down there. Um, yeah. But then I guess once the bands came on, things did sort of fire up a little bit. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it was a very bizarre music festival to be perfectly honest, but we loved every bit of it, particularly uh, the Jezebels. Absolutely oh, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah I, like we're big fans of Alex and Middle Kids, but the Jezebel's live in concert was something else. Yeah, her voice is next level. Yeah. Um, I was so impressed and just everything. And also her dance moves, so eccentric and so effective. <laughs> yeah. I loved yeah. every bit of it, just like just cutting shapes across the whole stage. It was fantastic. No, it, was actually, it was actually pretty inspirational. And also it was cool being in Ballarat because then the next day we went for a run around Lake Wendery, which is like pretty iconic for – Steve Monaghetti's track. I actually and, love um, Lake Windery, like running around there because it's actually 6K around, is it? Yep, yep. So we did. Which is actually brilliant. That's a great distance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Loved so it. We did um, a couple of laps and a bit or something. Stopped at a market, got some dry mango, which is like very much a delicacy for me and one, probably one of my favourite things. When you get, you know, the actual dry mango. Um, as opposed to the... As opposed to the... I don't know, like the squishy one? Like the artificial dry mango. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't know the difference. It's actually kind of hard to find. Um, what was your favourite thing that you purchased from the <laughs> market? I, Just out of interest? Do you know what? I actually didn't really... Dates. Um, to be honest, I can't even remember. I, it was like post-run, probably hypoglycemic, to be honest. And I think mm. I was just – I did buy some cashews and they were terrible cashews, to be fair. Mm-mm. But you bought about three kilos of dates. So we'll, <laughs> They're um, still sitting there. <laughs> still sitting there. Um, yeah, so it has been full of like food, running and music, I feel like has been like the story of our little sequence of late. Um, but what's coming up for you, Liz, this weekend? Um, this weekend. Oh, actually, I just got an email just then. Apparently. So I guess I, I don't really know that much about it. But basically, um, there is four breweries and the run is from one brewery to the next. And um, it's basically a beer tour. So you stop and have a beer at each So you stop brewery. and have a beer at each each um, at each at brewery. So oh that's God. all I know so far. They need run leaders to take them around. My navigation skills are less than good, but... Also, your beer skills are not great. Let's but, put that out there. Well, you know, we're going to give it a go. So, so you're going to bring the vibes, the enthusiasm and the speed. So I feel like they've won. So it's going to be a great um, weekend all, is all I can say. So we'll, um, we'll update you next time on how that ends up. Absolutely. Well, I'm heading off to Byron for a little bit with my sister and her um, two daughters, so my two little nieces, um, which would be awesome. So I'll be taking some Pilates up there, definitely running up to the lighthouse, which is my favourite place in the world to run. But we actually do have a question for the listeners. Now, I was at brunch with Akana and Rai, our good friends from the Goldie, and we were talking about all the things that we have been told or things that we've heard as kids, and you just take them at face value, you don't question them, and then you believe them for far longer than what you should. So the question is, have you ever been told something as a kid that you've believed well into adulthood that one day you get pulled up on and it just blows your mind? Um, So, and just one example here, this is my uncle, so I'm going to throw him under the bus and say that when I was actually, I was a, a teenager, he came over to hang out and sort of visit my family. Anyway, I had a couple <laughs> of goldfish in my room and um, these poor goldfish, they, they um, yeah, they, they were real survivors. Anyway, I had a gold one and you know the black ones with the googly eyes? Yeah. So I had one of each. I think I had a spotty one as well. Anyway, so they're just doing their goldfish thing in the bowl and he came up and he was like, oh, this googly eyed one, you know that that one's had metamorphosis? And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, so it's like what happens is it starts off as a goldfish and then later in life it just changes into a black googly-eyed fish. And this guy is a very successful, incredibly intelligent father of four and I was completely speechless and I was like, I don't know what you mean. But obviously it kind of clicked even as like a young teen at the time. I'm like, his mom, when his goldfish had died, has just <laughs> scooped out a goldfish, not even bothered to, to have the same, same type? type of fish and just being like, you know, here's another fish. One, like, you know, rather than saying, okay, this is the rite of passage, your fish died, we're going to flush it down the toilet, we're going to bury it, we're going to say goodbye to Tony the fish. She was like, nah, I can't be bothered dealing with that. I'm just going to get a new one, replace it. He won't even notice. But obviously he did notice because it was a no. contrasting fish. So I had to tell him that in fact what had been happening through his childhood, his fish had been dying and his mum had been replaced 
chasing them somewhat carelessly. Anyway, I blew his mind and he was quite embarrassed, but also he needed to know. See, I want to know the conversation that went down with between him and his mum after that. I know. I, I wonder if he ever kind of brought it up. or yeah, he just he like, confronted you know, her or? Surely. Anyway, so these, these are the kind of things that we were discussing uh, today at lunch and I feel like there is a can of worms associated with this one topic. So I feel like we need to open that up and just see what we've got. Yeah. So please, if you've got any stories like this, I feel like I wasn't – I think my my parents were always very, very much like, you know, you tell the truth to kids even if it's – like, and you don't have to tell them like everything if it's something that they shouldn't know, but you don't lie. You can just omit details if you need to, but you can't actually lie to kids <laughs> That's at wild. all. And that goes for, I don't know, like Santa Claus, like all that kind of stuff. They never, ever once lied to us. What? Yeah, but they just sort of, you know, would say things like, you know, well, Santa's real if you believe in him. Oh my God, we had the naughty list and the good list. Yeah, see, and we're always teaching. My parents the never two. lied. Yeah. <laughs> like that. that's actually that's actually such a lovely way to live. I think that that's actually I really believe in that. But also, that's quite foreign. I feel like you just tell them what they need to know, and you twist it how you need to. To be honest, I, I just feel like. Um, convenience and also when you're quite time poor I feel like my family my mum and dad were really busy so just like anyway believe what you like but what we want to know we want to hear all your stories so if you've got any crackers if anything that you believed long into your I guess teens or adulthood that you probably should not have believed that was something <laughs> that was inferred or told to you when you were a kid um, please let us know we would absolutely love to hear it and we will read out the best ones in next week's podcast thanks for listening in enjoy the rest of your week bye bye